Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. That looks particularly inviting. Mr. Bond, welcome to Palmyra. Oh, it's a pleasure. Please? I just hope I'm not interrupting anything. What do you mean? I thought perhaps you'd another visitor. No. That gun looks more fitting for a woman. You know much about guns, Mr. Bond? No, I know a little about women. But That's then we, we we meet Domino underwater, and she's doing a kind of like underwater tribute to Back to the Future. <laughs> she's yes. hanging onto a sea turtle. Yeah, it's very it's very sort of Little Mermaid finding Nemo. It's a bit yeah. Disney. I quite mm. like it. Yeah, but she gets her foot stuck in a rock. Yeah. Luckily for her, she's being watched, shall we say, by, by Bond, by a man who's followed her to NASA just based on a photo he fancied. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's true love. But he's sort of it's like pulling a, a, a thorn out of a lion's paw. You mm. know, he's got her now because he's rescued her foot. But he also um, gives her a massive compliment, doesn't he? He says, "Most he girls said. just paddle around. You swim like a man." Yeah, like it's obviously like she's got like big balls. In her. <laughs> Maybe she's been storing clams or something in her down her trunks. Yeah, uh, so she's swimming like cucumber. a man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, you swim like a man. That's yeah, a brilliant thing to say. Lovely. Uh, and then he he gets um um <clears throat> he gets his uh, assistant, the lady assistant. I can't remember her name right now. He gets her to pretend the boat's knackered, and then he asks yes. for a lift back with Domino. That's quite fun. I quite like the the, yeah. the, 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 to, the to and fro with, with those. Is, is, that's that's a nice bit of bond mm. interplay. And it's also nice that he's uh, he's on he's got his lady assistant there, but it's not like a sex assistant. It's no. someone he's working with. Yes. I quite liked that. That felt fun. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more like Money Penny is now. Like it's, it's yeah. got an agent in the field who he's got. He's working with, and they they play a game to get Domino to trust him, mm. and it's good. Uh, and then he blows it all by by later on saying he knows her name because her name's on an ankle. Oh, did that step down again? Uh, yeah, he says, <laughs> on an ankle necklace. And you go, well, at some point that means you've been hiding under the table mm. <laughs> or sort of wandering around. It's, it's not the kind of detail you'd notice. So he's creepy again immediately afterwards. So it's weird. He also offers us some of his conch chowder. Yes. <laughs> it's a euphemism for it something. It definitely is. Uh, but they're being watched by a man um, who looks like Andy De La Tour. <laughs> Uh, that's my note. It just says mm. here is it says Mike Love stroke Andy De La Tour is yes. watching them, <laughs> and she says it's uh, it's he who works for a Guardian, yeah, not the Guardian. Yeah, um, that's that's, that's born. That's different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he says, "Can we have you know? Can we carry on with lunch?" And she says, "No, I got to go back to my Guardian." Yeah, Andy De La Tour is there. Yeah, it looks so much like Andy De La Tour. I was trying to work out how that was possible that it could be him. Yes. It, obviously, it's impossible. The ages are all wrong. Mm. Uh, and, then, and then I looked up who it was, and I didn't remember, because it's Andy Dillatour. <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean you looked up Andy Dillatour? No, yeah. <laughs> you said you were what? adding his wiki page. He was <laughs> yeah. also in Thunderball. Yeah. Aged one <laughs> or something, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's impossible, but it's definitely him. Think once, think twice. Um, Don't ride your bike under the water. That's right. Um, or you'll ruin your film. Um, so then he goes to the casino. We get the Bond and the casino trope thing. Um, Shaman de Fair moving a shoe around. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then there's some dancing. I like the dance. Largo dancing. being uber competitive. Yeah. And he sort of lets her go. And you, she's his niece or something. There's something. Oh, it's, a bit, it's a bit strange. But he, um, yeah, he then does that thing Bond sometimes does where he just drops all, um, all um, 
thing that he's a spy by just saying, "Oh, I see you've got a spectre with you." Yeah. What? Really, really bad spy. Least undercover. I've given away my name, and now I'm saying that I know you're. Yeah, there's a. You're a, a bad. You're, so you're a bad D, a baddie guy, bad guy. Bad D. Yeah. Don't want to blow felt your cover. Just yeah. Just yes. The the the. It's not even a pun. The spectre thing. Mm. The spectre of victory over your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. He says, I see, then, I see you're a big number two. <laughs> but, but then the bad guys, one of the other clues is the bad guys wear a ring that mm. says baddie on it with a yeah. picture of an octopus on it. You go, yeah. if you're a sinister global organisation and they've got tongue tattoos, everyone's labelled. Mm. It's nice. It's easy, isn't it? It is easy. If only the Illuminati did that, make our job easier. Yeah. Why do you need to be a spy if everyone wears henchmen on their chest? It's really easy. Baddie, villain. My disco volante. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bond wins quickly. And Largo doesn't like it at all, so he offers to take Domino out for a drink. And Largo's yeah. like, yeah, whatever, I want to win my money back. Mm. So then he asks her some questions about her brother. Don't know why he'd do that. And she says he's living in England and that he's really great and that he's a pilot. <laughs> and, and he's probably alive. Probably, he's definitely alive. What thing I like about like like my brother is that he's alive. <laughs> There's two things I like about him. One, he's alive. And two, no one looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dramatic irony is pretty heavy at that point yeah yeah. Uh, and then Largo steps in and says look we're leaving now but to show Bond that I'm not a bad loser why don't you come round for lunch yeah and he's like alright then so then Bond and he meets Felix who in this film is played by a guy called Rick Van Nutter brilliant name but you, Felix has been hanging around behind him for a bit you've oh. seen him in the background and for a while I thought he was being tailed by a member of Madness Yes. Or, or, or Dan Hegarty from Darts. Yes. He's got like a big pompadour and uh, dark glasses. Excellent uh, Darts reference. We don't get enough of. <laughs> Something for the kids. But yeah, it looks like someone from, from a Stiff Records band. Is I, I also around. think Rick Van Nutter sort of sounds like, uh, do you remember the programme Home to Roost? If Reece, <laughs> if Reese Dinsdale joined a punk band to annoy John Thor, yeah. his name would be Rick Van Nutter. Yeah. Rick Van what? <laughs> <laughs> Another one for the kids there. <laughs> this is solid, solid entertainment. Uh, yeah, and he, he, so, so Felix Leiter turns up and he's, he's nutter. Um, is this room 304? This is where he goes to the hotel? Yeah, no. No, not... Oh, yeah, it is, yeah, because he punches Felix in the stomach because yeah. he's got that great technique of finding out if someone's been in there by just leaving a tape recorder running. Yeah, He'd yeah. have to wind that back for hours. <laughs> yes, it's just... <laughs> but he goes, he goes, he he checks into his hotel and there's yeah. Felix there and a tape recorder. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then, oh, they, there's, a, there's a, a fight with a guy. And there's a, mm. quite a nice line about, sort of, I throw the little fishes back. He's sort mm. of, that Bond is a bigger, he doesn't play with the henchmen, he wants the big guys. Mm. Um, that's quite nice. Like yeah. Um, so then... Oh, hang on, and he, he ends by making a, a vodka martini, mm. which he makes with a lot of ice... Hmm. And some vo- unbranded vodka and a labelled a bottle of Cinzano, which must be just vermouth because you wouldn't just pour Cinzano in it. Uh, but it's the it's the closest thing to an accurate martini I've seen him make in a while. Because there's always everyone in films makes warm martinis. They used to do it on television. Hmm. All the drinks were warm, but it was nice to see that much ice. My wife was very happy to see the amount of ice being used. I thought I'd make note of that. Yes, my happy wife made me a martini, and I did not like it. Oh, you don't like the martinis, you see. I see. I love a martini, but it's like also with being cold. And it's it's funny when you see them made in films. No one ever makes any drinks cold enough. Hmm. There's shitloads of ice in this. Just I'm putting my family approved of the amount of ice in this martini. I think that should be your name of your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my version of uh, I liked it so much I bought the company. Yeah, my family go. approved of the amount of ice in this martini. We've had we've had right darts, right. <laughs> John Thor and Home to Rooster now. Victor Kayam. <laughs> Who the fuck is this aimed at, really? People who watch Thunderball. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking to, to anyone else. It's no, it's true. It's true. It's not like some 16-year-olds go, yeah, Thunderball ace, because they say that. I'm going to listen to a podcast like 16-year-olds do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we were twitching this, if we were twitching the board, the, the video game of Thunderball, that would be different, but maybe yeah. not. I don't think anyone's interested in bird-watching, though, Joel, let's be honest. <laughs> Sorry, that's my twitching joke. Um, thank you very much. Uh, you. Coming from you, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, but then we meet Q. Yeah. Uh, he comes out of the cupboard like some sort of sex tourist. <laughs> This is, I, I looked this up because he's so clearly at Pinewood oh, in his sex series outfit. Mm. I looked it up and thought, oh, poor Desmond Llewellyn. They've, mm. they've, they've gone to NASA and they've not taken him with them. I looked it up. 
he was taken to Nassau. They didn't use him. Oh, wow. <laughs> he just got a hot there. <laughs> <laughs> when they got back to Pinewood, they went, oh, we forgot to film Desmond's bits. Yeah, and then did this in Pinewood. He really but this off. town, he came back looking like Hellboy. Giant <laughs> 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 fucking red pants. <laughs> yeah, so, Dustin Llewellyn had, had a holiday he didn't enjoy, waiting to... And then they, they filmed all his bits back in fucking Pinewood. It's, cute. it's no. all right, isn't it? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. It's like that story about Monty Norman getting the gig for Dr. No, and he was hesitant about it, and then he said, we'll fly you to the Bahamas, and he's like, okay. Yeah, that's it. Then, so, yes, he got a free, free holiday where he got sunburned and came back for no reason. So he's in his, his Hawaiian shirt and shit. Yeah, and he gives him his gadgets, which is an underwater camera, uh, which he bond mocks for some reason. And then... A watch? Gives, yeah, watch. Uh, breathe, underwater breathing apparatus. The one from Phantom Menace. I was just going to say the one from the Phantom sticks. Menace. Sticks. Which must uh, be real because they use it in Phantom Menace, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're a Jedi. This is it. He says, "This is your Jedi breathing apparatus." But have you noticed the things he gives him? Again, mm. that, one of the big problems of this fucking film. What does any kid ask you when you say we're going to watch a bomb? And say, "What gadgets have yes. you got?" And you go, "Well, there's a jetpack, which is shit, yeah. and there's a car he doesn't use, yeah. and then the gadgets Q gives him are all things from mankind. They're mm. all things you buy your brother-in-law for Christmas. Yeah. Like it's really a beer brewing kit and a football <laughs> drone. Or like, I, I, I don't know." It was, yeah, something like a little, a little thing that looks like a member of the England squad that you can plant crest to grow grow hair <laughs> out of the top. Is it? They're just shit men. That gifts. saves his life later. <laughs> you know, if a man, a man with crest for hair turns up in Act One, it will go off in Act Three. It's, but it's, that's Chekhov's man with crest Chekhov's hair. Man with crest hair. Yeah, <laughs> classic. Largo but, sits on it in monologues, and it grows up his arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> the monologues that long, yeah. but it's. <laughs> What he gives him are really basic, just bloke presents. And also, yeah. they're so unimportant. I, I, I don't know if I got this right or wrong, but it's, the, it's not clear which one's infrared and which one's a Geiger counter. It's just a list of things. And you yes. go, well, I can't see how they're going to pay off. No. There's, a, there's, a, there's a radioactive pill. That does, and it's all sort of just sort of, it's almost like a, a, a Bond yeah. bon parody if you could stick it up his ass to celebrate England's victory and something. <laughs> Uh, the next year, England's going to win the World Cup. He's going to flare up his ass. But he's, he's given all this stuff, and it's all quite abstract. And you the, one of the joys of Bond is to see the gadget and then go, I wonder how he's going to use it. And then it turned out that the, the laser in the pen is used for that. Hmm. But all these, they're kind of, oh, it's, it's a camera, it's got some lenses. And you go, oh, well, I can't. They've got one use each, yeah. And I can't guess how it could be used, and mm. it won't surprise you. And and in the end, they they used for exactly what he said they were going mm. to be used for, as in one's used to locate Bond, one's used to take some photographs of stuff. It all feels again very like if there was a film before Doctor No, before they'd worked out the fun is using the cigarette case. Surprisingly, mm. it's it's almost like this is a, a, a real. Um, it does feel like the first time someone's tried to write one of these screenplays, and I'm wondering how much of what they took off Whittingham and McClory's script was there from, from when Fleming was first thinking about it. Well, yeah. it, it does feel very old-fashioned. Uh, so then they go to the Disco Volante at night, and for some reason Bond decides to wear a bright red wetsuit with a bright blue mask yeah. and white pants. This is this is his equivalent of the uh, Union Jack parachute in yeah. wetsuit form, isn't it? Yeah. The, I can slip in unobserved. Dressed as, he spotted as, as a Smurf. Yeah, <laughs> Papa Smurf. Yeah, <laughs> Papa Smurf colours yeah. are what you need. Yeah, because mm. Papa Smurf was the only one in red, wasn't he? <laughs> he had a red hat. Yeah, yeah. That, that was for spying. <laughs> Underwater spying. He Smurf. did look a bit like Sean Connery in The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream casting. That Sean Connery is Papa Smurf in a gritty live-action reboot God. of the Smurfs. I mean, he was probably trying to get that made until the day he died. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I just swallowed when I was breathing. Ah, that's good. Mm. You, you know those underwater breathing things for drinking mm. beer through. Perfect. Well, I was going to ask about that because <clears throat> the underwater breathing thing must be old technology, right? Because it was used in a galaxy far, far, far away. away a long time ago. Yeah, so I that's why Bond's not impressed by it. No, it's an antique at this point. <laughs> it's an ancient space <laughs> antique. Yeah. But there's a bit of harpoon and a bit of grenades underwater. Oh, it goes on forever. Yeah, and it's slow. And it's slow. Yeah. Um, it's, but actually, the one thing this has got, and it, it, again, it shows up. What again? Why you were saying the first two acts are okay, the first two reels are all right, and mm. it's disappointing towards the end. It is just Bond, 
Yeah. So you can follow who it is. Yes. You know it's Bond. He's wearing a distinctive wetsuit, and he does some harpoon action, some grenade action. It all sort of makes sense. He does some underwater stuff, but you can follow it. Yeah. You're not lost. And I think this may be a film in which they discovered why you don't set half a film underwater is you don't know who anyone is. Yes. You can you can follow one person at a time underwater. Jaws maybe learned two. that very early on. <laughs> yeah. If there was a hundred Jawses, yeah. <laughs> you don't know who that, the baddie is. That, that's why Jaws 1, 2, 3, 4, they don't just put more and more sharks in them. No. It gets confusing. Jaws 2 isn't called Jaws T-O-O. Mm. It's not another Or oh, Jaws. Jaws squared. Mm. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we also get that classic Bond trope of baddies just dropping grenades in the water, then going, "Yeah, he must be dead." Yeah. Don't don't when you drop a grenade in the water, don't you wait for the fish to float to the surface? Isn't yeah, it? usually there's grenade fish. Wait for the bonds, all the spies, because there's, there's dozens of them. They'll float to the surface. They've not watched Open Glory. Yeah, then you throw the little ones back mm. and take the big ones home and have a lovely roast spy for tea. <laughs> Battered spy. <laughs> lovely. I've, I've got his gold finger. <laughs> um, so then the next day Bond and Felix um, well he develops the photo and sees that the Volante has an underwater hatch oh, which shows that they can get in and out without being seen that's exciting and, that's, and then that tells him that the plane's definitely underwater yeah yeah. Not, yeah. so then they go in Felix's chopper to look for the plane they can't find it and then they fly over Largo's mansion and basically hover over his house and go hiya <laughs> Bad spies. I mean, that's just dreadful. Um, <clears throat> so then he turns up his lunch date with Largo and kicks off proceedings by leering at Domino as she gets out of the pool. Is this... Has he been picked up by by Volpe yet? No. It, oh, yes, he no, has. That, Beg your pardon. Yes, he has. Yeah, because Vol- Volpe picks him up. Again, this is another thing, because I, I don't want to miss any of her, because she's mm. great. So yeah. Fiona Volpe <clears throat> picks him up in her little blue car. Drives him 100 miles an hour. Which is brilliant mm. and at the beginning says you might want to put on your seatbelt and Bond won't put his seatbelt on because mm. then he's a woofter yes. he's really worried that he won't be manly enough and mm. he's thinking what you do as a spy is to put your seatbelt on because she's trying to frighten you and she wants to, you to crash you might yeah. crash and if he crashes he's he can't he can't heroically not go through the windscreen <laughs> <laughs> because he's so manly yeah. but it's like she, she's challenged him saying, would you like to wear a seatbelt like a woman is mm. the kind of implication you go. and he goes no I'm a real man you know, what I smash my face in on it's it's uh, it's such a strange thing to read with with modern eyes mm. that he refuses to wear a seatbelt while she's endangering his life yeah it's just very odd it's a bit like him jumping out of a plane without a parachute why mm. would I need that mm. I'll just land because I'm a man yeah, it's very funny. Oh, like, like not getting a vaccine, right, Joel? Exactly, very like that. Yeah, Bond wouldn't get one. No, he wouldn't. No. He'd go out and lick people's faces until he got it. He and he'd fight did. it. And he'd vote they, Brexit, sadly. Yeah, he'd probably fight the vaccine and then wrap a telephone around its head. That's what he'd do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then he, he turns up his lunch date with Largo. As I say, leers at Domino horribly and yeah. then tells Largo's that his shotgun is more fitting for a woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a woman's gun, my lord. That's what he says. I bet uh, that gun's never... <laughs> and, it's, and it's a huge fucking gun as well. I can't mm. work out how he's managed to gender the gun. Well, we also get but, the cool th- shot of Volpe using it with a fag eye out of her mouth, which is uh, quite cool. There's not a single moment she's in this season. Fucking amazing. She's no. really... It's a, it's a good... And again, it's a good... Bond character, she's mm. fucking brilliant. Um, she's a better but, villain than um, Largo. Yeah, as in, I did think that. I thought that 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 because what she does to him and what she challenges him with, she's not got henchman vibes. She's got Rosa. Uh, she's if she's a henchman. She's Rosa Clare. She's mm. that she's who ends up being a, a far more exciting baddie than even Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. I love. There's something so great in Bond fighting women mm. in things. Pussy galore. It's great. It's just that is a good dynamic for Bond to be shown up yes. and they, it, there's a feeling that only started happening quite late and actually it's always through Bond mm-hmm. um, and this is a good I think she, but she's she's a good she's a good character I was annoyed I hadn't spotted before because I don't know this film well enough and she's really well, good well to be fair I think this film I think the last couple of acts of this film blind you yeah. as to the good things in it and she's yeah, certainly it, one of them Yeah, I mean she, she's been on a, on a, a great British motorbike with rockets and now mm-hmm. she's sort of yeah with a with a shotgun, a woman's shotgun with a with a fagging in her mouth. She's great. Mm-hmm. But then we get he Largo introduces him to introduces Bond to uh, Vargas, and he says he doesn't drink, smoke, or make love. And Bond just said, "What does he do?" Yeah, 
And the answer is, he's in The Young Ones. Yes. He's Andy Le Latour. He's Andy Le <laughs> Mike Love. One of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want to see that film where Andy Le Latour strokes <laughs> Mike Love. <laughs> oh, you're being so With a nice. mink glove. <laughs> With a mink Mike Glove glove. Oh, yeah. that a good marketing, the Mike Glove. Um, but Mark Vargo, Largo says, every man has a passion. And here's his fishing. He asks Bond what his is, and then Bond just kind of looks at Domino. He's like, Ugh. "Yeah, I mean, why do you think I'm here? Why do you think I flew all over the world for no reason? Like, yeah. luck, luckily, there was a plane here because frankly, I just came here because my dick led me." And then, so, and then to make it worse, Largo says, "Would you mind taking Domino to the Junkanoo?" <laughs> Bond's like, "What the fuck is that? Can't she go on her own? Hasn't she been toilet trained? Is that what you call it here?" No, but yes, apparently that's it's not, not a rhyming it's, slang. No, no. <laughs> it's not, it's not. take her for a big junk canoe. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's what it is. It's it's the Bond Mardi Gras that's always going on wherever yep. Bond goes. Yeah, people on floats um, going past from Moonraker and from uh, from uh, Spectre and everything. Mm. There's always one. Mm. There's always one happening. He seems to attract colourful floats. Yeah, <laughs> with with people in. Yeah. In headdresses. So then Bond goes back and speaks to Pinder, who's like his opposite number in um, Nasu, and sorts yes. out a power cut at Largo's mansion so he can go and have a look round. Which is good. He seems to have Bond seems to have a lot of power. He sort of phones up the mayor and says, "Can you turn all the power off?" Mm. And think, yeah, all the the dialysis machines going off and shit. Going, That's fine, That's apparently. Fine. That's fine. I want to have a look at some pants. <laughs> Oh, also at this point, Volpe's taken Paula, who's his, who's the lady assistant he had earlier on. She's been kidnapped from her room. Yes. And Pinder tells him that she uh, checked out and has left mysteriously. So Bond goes to the mansion, has a look round, and then finds that Paula is dead. She killed herself with a suicide capsule rather than talking. Which is the same yeah. thing I would do if I was a guest on the Jimmy Fallon show. <laughs> I thank you. My God. Um, um, so then the alarms uh, get raised in the compound, and Bond and a minion have a fight and fall into the shark pool. Well, basically, he gets to have some fun. There's a sh- there's sort of a fun shootout at the lair, mm. and there's a bit in it where basically so there's there's some gunplay and something. And at one point, Bond Bond climbs onto a corrugated roof, like on a shed. Yeah. And the music gets quite up, and he go, "Oh yeah," because he's on the roof of a shed. That's literally the most exciting thing Bond's done so far. Really, yeah. there was some stuff underwater I didn't understand, but him climbing onto the roof of a shed. That's about as good as Bond's had it this time because everyone else has had all the fun mm. and the gadgets so far. He's been given a watch and has climbed onto the roof of a shed, and then he's fallen into a shark tank. Um, the shark tank bit's good because I like uh, Lago having his pool of sharks is mm. that's classic Bond. That's real. That's yeah. good. Mm. Uh, and some of the stuff which they do in the shark tank with with Sean Connery being behind glass, a bit like in Raiders where Harrison Ford's behind the glass with the snakes. Yes. It's that stunt. Yes. That still works for me. I like seeing a shark near a, an A-list actor. It annoys just... me a bit in Raiders that they've CGI'd out the reflection now. Have they? Yeah. Aww. I used to love spotting it. I thought I always thought the story was there that the ghost of a snake had come yeah, to, that's why. to kill him. Yeah, that's a good story. And the supernatural is allowed in Raiders. But mm. yeah, they, they do the, the thing where, where you're, you're sharing an in-camera frame with a dangerous animal mm. and... Like all good good practical stunts, you can see the actor's scared. It's great. Well, cause That's that, a good bit. That room in Raiders was filmed on top of a snake burial ground. So. <laughs> Lots of ghost snakes. <laughs> makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, ghost snakes are the most vicious as well. But, but also, because Bond's so scared of the sharks, his physical appearance changes dramatically into Several that times. stuntman. Several times. No, sometimes it's him. Sometimes that's mm. what I like is that sometimes it's him, and I, I'm, you're so used to uh, seeing that sort of slightly Steven Seagal switch into a mm. different person that when when it is him and there's a shark nearby, I go, oh, yeah, I enjoyed the, the scene in the shark pool. I thought that was that was a good bit of classic. That's underwater Bond I could follow, understand, and enjoy. Well, there is a moment there where he is behind the glass and a shark. <clears throat> kind of nudges into the glass where yeah. he does look a bit terrified it's good yeah. it's good apparently I think Ken Adam or, or someone one of the effects guys said that the plexiglass wasn't quite the full length yes. of the pool mm. so sometimes the sharks were getting round I think yes. that's a good bit of on set storytelling but also mm. I bet it, I bet it's true but I didn't have enough there probably wasn't enough plexiglass in the world in 1965 no. to do a swimming pool you know it was about a foot of plexiglass that's it <laughs> but he he gets out and says he stabs the guy who's in the pool with so all the sharks go to him and he gets out. 
And he goes back to his hotel. And this is one of my favourite bits, even though it's a bit men behaving badly. That he gets back to his room and Volpe's in his bath. Yes. And she says, could you hand me something to put on? So he gives her a pair of shoes. It's a good gag. I think it's a That is a good gag. It's a good gag. But Tony from Men Behaving Badly would do that. Yeah, but I think it works. Again, I think that works because she's been uh, sparring with him throughout. Yeah. And she's she's bested him a few times. She frightened him in the car. She's mm. she's looked cool. She blew up uh, the the guy who's after him. Didn't give him a chance to use his gadgets. She's emasculated him a lot. And this is kind of a nice thing to say. Look, I'm I'm giving as good as I get. I'm mm. being a bit. If he did that to a secretary or what, it would still feel a bit cheesy. But weirdly, because she's a bit tough, I quite mm. like it. Hi there. I'm Yasmin Akram. Join myself and my friend Philippa Dunn each week for our podcast, We Heart Worry, a show about cars and their engines. Obviously not. It's a show where we talk about our fears, our worries and our anxieties in a bid to help you with yours. And we just have a laugh as well. So join us. There's nothing to be scared of. I promise. Yeah, so they, 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 they have it off. Yes. And then he says, well, I've got to go to the junk canoe. And she says, well, I hope you close the door. <laughs> Wipe afterwards and flush. <laughs> and then they're about to leave. And then all, all of the henchmen come in and she pulls a gun on him. Yeah. And she says, when did you find out? And he says, well, because you were wearing that Spectre ring. Yeah, good bit of spying, that one. Mm. She went, oh, damn, foiled. Mm. Yeah. And then he says, and then she says, oh, well, you can talk what you did this evening. And he said, what I did this evening was for king and country. I thought that there wasn't a king then. There was a yeah, queen. I, thought, I thought that. I thought that's a classic bond line where he can't have met a woman's in charge. It's terrible, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Especially the doggy, he says. <laughs> <laughs> So they go to the junk canoe by car, in the car, and then a drunk bloke comes in with a big bottle of flammable alcohol going, ah, I'm your best mate. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. and then, then, then there's fire. There's yeah. bound to be fire. Mm. And they shoot him as he runs off, but they shoot him with a special bullet that makes emulsion come out of your leg. So yeah, he's dripping paint, and he, he runs into the Mardi Gras, the the, the Junkanoo thing, mm. and it's all chaos and things. But for some reason, there's a dog pissing in the middle of the mm. street for quite a long held shot mm. of almost like Michael Winner obsessiveness with a dog yeah. doing something in the background of a shot that is totally distracting. Yeah, the, the framing of it is really odd. You just like, that dog's having a piss in the street for ages. Yeah, and he goes into the Kiss Kiss Club, and yeah. the entertainment is a woman sort of waggling her boobs around while standing in an ashtray <laughs> <laughs> so he grabs a woman and starts dancing with her and then Volpe asks to cut in and says it's pointless trying to escape 
and then they're dancing and then a gun comes out from behind these curtains which yeah. is like the really the, the worst version of this is your life <laughs> and he pushes her in the way and she gets shot but it's he- a st- it's a standard bomb thing, isn't it? That mm. an arm, an arm comes through a curtain, mm. and and a gun is on. And I often wonder, thinking, can you can you shoot someone from that angle? Can would you the cur- see? Yeah, wouldn't the curtain stop? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a shot blind. But yeah, yeah. it's a it's a trope. It's it's a Hitchcock trope. It's always there's a it's a, yeah. almost like a, a man who knew too much. There's a mm. while something's going on, a gun appears through a curtain. It's quite trad. But they do that, yeah, and shoots Volpe, which is annoying because she's still being brilliant when she gets shot. It's a good shot though, because gets, she gets shot right between Connery's fingers. Where yeah, he, the bullet, he releases all the blood out of his hand. The bullet seems to go through Connery's fingers, and then mm. it, or maybe it passes through from the other side and mm. is stopped by his hard, manly fingers. Yes, because yes, because the, the the wound is definitely underneath his closed hand. Yes. And then he dumps their body next to some people and says, "Mind if my friend sits this one out? She's just dead." Which I like because it's yeah. not a pun. No, it's not. I like I like an un. Yeah, it's, it's can't it, be bothered to do a pun. It feels like the kind of in evolutionary sense, the dinosaur for um, you know that it walked so Schwarzenegger could run with my friends dead tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 the beginning thing, but it's a funny line to end for her. But I think she's too good to be thrown yes. away like that. Yes, I agree. And it does the moment you realise that she actually is dead, and you go, oh damn. Because I quite liked him having this woman who frightened him in a car and was, was cool. Mm. She didn't deserve it. I agree. She's yeah. the best thing she's, in it. She's tossed away a bit there. And the film, ironically, or coincidentally, or definitely, goes downhill from this moment on. Yeah, totally. Because then the next day, him and Felix go and look at the Golden Grotto. <laughs> which sounds like a German piss club. <laughs> uh, which is full of sharks. And it intrigues Bond for them to go lower. And then Felix is like, why do you want to go lower? And he goes, don't ask, just do it. It's like, well, just, you could just tell him. I think the plane's yeah. down there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he goes underwater and... Um, oh, no, before that, because he, he looks he looks through the, the into the water using a bucket with a glass bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he puts he puts the glass bottom bucket into the water and he can mm. see through it and then can see where the Vulcan bomber is. Yeah. So, so far, Bond's best gadget mm. is a bucket. <laughs> Because it's the thing that helped him find the bomber. His mission is to find the bomber. He finds the bomber using a wooden bucket. Thanks, dear Liza. (laughs) Has a hole in the bottom. Thank God, Liza. But it's just there's that moment of going. Well, that's that should have been a Q gadget or something. Mm. It's missing this thing of if it's something Bond can find with a bucket, it's something anyone can find with a bucket. So you're missing the the magic of spycraft in it a bit. Yeah, and while he's doing that. Rick Van Nutter's just shooting sharks. <laughs> and he finds the plane. He's a nutter. He's a he is nutter, a nutter. Uh, Van Nutter. Um, he's, he, <laughs> finds, he finds Angelo and gets his dog tags and his watch. Yeah, if, until you work out why he's doing it, it just looks mm. really weird. He goes into a cockpit full of dead guys and then just twocks one of their watches. Yeah. And you go, is this his mission? Just to steal stuff, take it home, and M's got a stall. So <laughs> <laughs> Dead people's watches. Him's just walking up and down the beach. <laughs> Do you want to watch? <laughs> I've got proof this goes up to 30 metres. Because <laughs> the guy was dead, but the watch was working. Mm. Yeah, that's right. yeah. We couldn't even tell you what time he died because the watch is still working. <laughs> so then he meets Domino again and they have some underwater sex. And he brings her yeah. ashore and then says, Look, I've got bad news for you, Domino. And she's like, Oh, you're leaving. And he's like, No, 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 it's not that. Your brother's dead. <laughs> Oh, you couldn't tell me that before. Or uh, no, we have to do the sex first. He sucks her foot as well, doesn't he? That, that's, mm, he does. And it's, this is a bit as well where this whole sequence, the build-up here and the beach stuff, feels very much like Doctor No. Yes, again. Yes, it's all staged. Like it's Terence Young doing it again. It's the Ursula oh. Andress thing. There's a lot of beach antics, and this feels the whole film feels by being in love with that Nassau Caribbean Ian Fleming thing. Yeah, and she's very got much like, Rider's voice. Yeah, yes, it doesn't fucking help. No. But it really feels like, oh, this is another one of those. And I, the problem is I liked the other one better. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with Claudia. It's brilliant and, every, and a perfectly good Bond girl and things. Mm. But it just feels like you've seen this before. Even at the staging, the director is the same director, so they're shooting it the same way. Mm. And you know there'll be a bad guy. And it's just, it feels a bit pale. You've just had Goldfinger. Yeah. You've had a, you've had a, a wrestler with a, with a, with a hat that cuts your head off. Yes. We've been somewhere amazing, and now we're no, sucking a woman's we're foot on the on beach. The beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's Bond on holiday again. It, yeah. It's your pa- it's your parents' slides. No one the talks to let go. The hotel's not ready. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit carry on abroad. Um, <laughs> if only it was. I'd kill yeah. for Peter Butterworth to be in this. <laughs> it actually, it does. I was thinking that while I was watching. I was thinking this feels a bit like if you've made Carry On Screaming and uh, and Carry On Up the Kyber, mm. and then you made Carry On Cabby, mm. and you go, but you've done, you've shown you can go other places. Or fucking regardless. <laughs> yeah. Christ. Uh, and then he goes full Geldof on her and says, I need your help. Thousands of people will die. <laughs> I need you to find them fucking missiles now. It's not very clear where they'll die. We haven't quite established that no. yet. The threat is still nebulous. It's just, oh, It really lacks countdowns, ticking. Hmm. It, it, it la- you realise again some of the trappings of Bond that will come up that make it work, which are radar screens, hmm. tracking devices, maps showing where the threat is mm. that enables the audience to while he's doing all the other stuff for you to know what's going on it feels very static there's not a, there's not weirdly it's about a bomb and there's no ticking bomb it's no, really weird absolutely right yeah so he, cho- he shows her how to work the geiger counter and gives her a bit of a briefing and then we notice that vargas is sneaking around them like it paul Bar- yeah like paul burrell whenever you say <laughs> diana's name <laughs> uh yeah and he he kills andy de la Tour. Yeah, with a harpoon, and, and he says he, he got the point. Yeah, and I tell you what, as well, I am convinced. I watched that and went, "Oh, I thought that was the end of the Honey Rider scene." They're so mm. similar. Yeah. I thought that ended up with him doing that. He got the point. I thought it was a Doctor No line. Mm. But they're so interchangeable that, that it's yeah, harpoon is a sexy way of killing someone. You know, it's Two a good a tree. Yeah, it's pretty. It's good. a it's a good Bond thing. Yeah. Um, it's the way someone will be killed in a very late Midsummer Murders. <laughs> yeah, uh, when they've run out of poisonings. But yeah, mm. it's good. So then she, in exchange, she tells them about a secret set of steps uh, to the sea that no one's allowed to go near, so where he'll find Largo and his men. Yeah. So he goes down there, and then we begin the fucking drudgery of him <sighs> going with Largo and everybody and getting the missiles, and then he gets recognised somehow. There are lots and lots of identical scuba men yes. underwater. Yeah. And this is, again, this is another insult to injury thing. Bond is disguised as them, so they all look the fucking same. Mm. You can't tell which one's him. No. It's rubbish. Yeah. And and at this point, you realise that the brilliant gadget, the one you want the corgi toys of, the one yeah. you want to buy, belongs to the baddies. Yeah. Because they've got these amazing uh, underwater C5 scooter things mm. and this thing that looks like a manta ray. There's just everything they own is brilliant. And mm. it's just this whole thing, it's this whole film in which the baddies have all the cool stuff. You've got a franchise in which the goodies have all the cool stuff and you make a film in which the only cool stuff, Bond had a bucket two mm. scenes ago and now they've got like an underwater <laughs> stingray Jerry Anderson machine. Everything mm. about it is brilliant. But you you end up rooting for the bad guys. Yeah, uh, they've got the cool shit. So they bury they bury Bond in a cave. They go back to the, but I just can't get over the the underwater stuff though. Can't be honest. It's just it just lets the film down so badly. It's like it's really it's really boring. And, and Bond Bond swallowed a radioactive pill that mm. Q's given him. That's a tracker or something. Mm, they can find him. So that's how they find him in the cave using a gadget. But the most a pill's the most boring gadget could be. Mm. And when it, when he gets rescued, he gets rescued by the bloody coast guard. Like yeah. the coast guard can find you anyway. It's all these things where he's using stuff that the rest of us can use, like watches and and a jetpack you can get if you're a soldier. He's not using anything exciting, and that takes all the thrill out of out of the underwater sequences where you're waiting for him to use some amazing underwater gadget. Mm. The whole thing's underwater, and he's got a breathing thing. Yeah. Which he doesn't really use. It's rubbish. No. But so Domino begins her search for the Disco Volante with the Geiger counter, but Largo catches her immediately. And when she drops her camera, it starts going... Like, like a Geiger, Geiger counter. Yeah. And she's like, ah, oh, just toy what Bond gave you. And then yeah. he ties her up and starts threatening to torture her with a cigar and ice cubes. Yes. A weird torture thing. Yeah. But and bef- then... And then, then George from Drop, Drop the Donkey comes in. <laughs> that bloke who's who I I, I kept the hero who, of the film, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually, he is. Um, but someone who I, I don't know the character's name. I can't remember. He's called Coots. Is he some kind of scientist who knows about nuclear bombs? Yeah, he looks like Peter Laurie <laughs> stuntman. Yeah, but yeah. weirdly, he's, he's, the, good. he's this very sort of beta character. You suddenly realise, oh, hang on, he's to do with the plan. Yeah. But he's also, think, he's, he's, he, the, he's the, the baddie with the heart. Yeah, 
So I mm. kind of think I'd like to have met him a few times or know who he was. He turns up and he sort of helps stop Domino being tortured and things. So you think, oh, I, that's a guy. Maybe I should have been keeping an eye on you. Mm. And again, it's lost a little bit of focus in that I was watching... Because I was watching a Volpe, I was watching the the, the female assassin, mm, mm. thinking she'll be the core of this. And actually, weirdly, she's disappeared, and this guy's turned up, and he appears to now be important. And I'm wondering if I should have been paying attention. But I was so bored with the underwater bits, I've forgotten mm. who everyone was. Well, I think what we're seeing here is that Kutza sees her all tied up and ready to be tortured, and thinks, "This isn't what I'm about, so I'm going to rescue yeah. her." Then he he de- he then decommissions the missile. Yeah. Meanwhile, the bond get to do that. Yeah. Meanwhile, underwater, there's this fucking bewildering thing going on which is like watching blue planet in a in a tumble dryer <laughs> i don't know what's going on it's just like endless people who look identical hitting each other and that, that, some good guys in red wetsuits mm. arrived and mm. for a minute you think oh this is good because they're in different colors so there's an away strip so i can tell which mm. team yeah. at last there are some goodies and baddies yeah but they they they, they, they come in and it's not quite 100 percent clear how they've been called in and it's never i, I don't know it's never good when conventional forces come in to help Bond out. But also, Bond's just... got a special jetpack um, <laughs> scuba gear, hasn't he? Yes. He's got scuba this... gear with a propeller on it. Yeah, that, that that is a thing that Q's given him, and mm. it's got... Uh, it, make, it makes yellow stuff come out. It looks like he's pissed himself underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, mainly so you can tell which one's Bond. Yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't and know. There's a real feeling they've gone underwater with all this kit, and they're doing... The scripts by Jacques Cousteau, and everyone, mm. the, all the dialogue is that AOK sign. That's all you can do. Mm. And they suddenly realize they're really limited. It's, all you can see is people going backwards off boats. <laughs> that's mm. all that's going to happen. Yep. They got excited by a new technology and a new sport, and then realized that, weirdly, even though it is a, the most beautiful thing you can film, it doesn't work for an action movie. No. And I suppose the only thing is, I, you wouldn't have known that. No. You would have thought this would be... But weirdly, the moment they go underwater, Bond's out of the action, so the guys doing stuff you can understand are George Drop Dead Donkey and uh, the people above water level are far more exciting. Yeah. Bond's lost in this, this melange of little diver men. It's rubbish. The diver men surrender, so Largo releases the Volante from its back end and then shoots off as this catamaran. Can we also say another point for better mm. gadgets than Bond's got? Bond yep. hasn't had a cool boat. No. The baddie's got this astonishing boat that breaks in half, like a mm. brilliant Lego toy you might make. Yeah. And that's real as well. They built that boat. It's they brilliant. Did. It yeah. actually, and it really works. That's really exciting. The yeah. boat breaks in half. Fantastic. Mm. So then it pisses off really fast, leaving all the men behind still shooting. Yeah. They must have been a bit demoralised by that. It, it's got bored of the underwater fight as well. Mm. And it goes off it goes off in undercrank. It goes off so fast. Mm. There's a huge undercrank chase, and then a battleship turns up. Yeah, which again, I don't. Conventional forces don't bring the Bond's got to do this. Don't bring yes. in the navy, otherwise, yeah. why, why is he there? Yeah. <laughs> so Bond gets on board into the cockpit. A fight breaks out, and then my favourite bit in the film: Neil from the Young Ones comes in, going <laughs> surprise. <laughs> it's a bloke carrying a tray with a champagne glass, champagne in a glass in it. I'm guessing it was his birthday. <laughs> And he thought, I don't care what's happening. I'm going to celebrate my birthday. But what does Bond do? He kicks him in the in the chest and push, punches him down the stairs. Yeah. You'll remember that birthday for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a quite stupid fight done That's in the fast, fast boat. The boat's going at about 14 million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to hyperspace. The yeah. stars are streaming past. And it's... They, they, uh, it's it's made even more stupid because the underwater stuff's been so slow hmm. that you get the feeling that as soon as you go above water, everything feels twice as fast anyway. Yeah. And they've un- they undercrank the shit out of the boat. It's really stupid. Um, and there's a big fight. And in the end of it, Largo and Bond. Largo, who's sort of wrapped like a sort of Austrian smoked cheese in this sort of very, very tight wetsuit. Yep. Uh, looks like he's been inflated from below. Big, giant Ernie Wise. <laughs> uh, the power of. Positive thinking. Just, yep. It's just um, astonishingly uh, rubbish looking. But he's about fight. to kill Bond, and then um, Domino shoots him in the back with a harpoon. Yeah. And she says, I'm glad I killed him. Which is, which is sort of, it's good plotting mm. in that this is revenge for her brother. And so that, that's, that feels mm. like, again, that feels like if you'd written that, you'd go, that's a good story. Mm. But you'd only feel that was a good story before Bond. Yeah. Because Bond has to kill the baddie. Yeah. Because he didn't kill Volpe, and he doesn't kill Largo. No, and he promised her he would as well. 
He's licensed to do that. That's mm. the point of Bond, and he doesn't kill. He, he kills. He kills a man with a telephone, mm. and he kills Bernard Bresser and Drag at the beginning. And it's, he doesn't kill enough. Doesn't do, do enough killings. No, and I'd like to point out at this point is that our mate could say George from Top of Dead Donkey has defused yeah. the bombs, rescued Domino, <laughs> and yeah. then and then he comes into the cockpit with Domino, and then Bond says to her, "Who's this?" And she says, "I don't know." Yeah. Thanks, lads. He's like he's like Spot from Hong Kong Fooey. Yes. Another reference for the kids. Yeah. The cat who does everything gets no credit. Mm. Yeah. So, but Bond Bond has been a shit spy yes. in this, but also has not. This is it's interesting when people sort of go on about Hollywood being very formulaic now. Save the cat storytelling wouldn't allow any of this to happen because right. Bond would have to have secret agency and agency and be heroic and do things. And you should want to be him, but he's a kind of spectator to a lot of the stuff here. And he stumbles upon a lot of stuff. He doesn't really find things out or, or right. do anything. And he doesn't get to do the, the, the hard, even the basic secret agenting stuff and the, the heroic stuff of getting the baddie at the end. No. And it's good that Domino gets him. And mm. I, I, yeah, she's, that's, that is a good character with a good character arc. But it robs Bond of more secret agency at the end, which would be great. But then they have to jump and then could say, uh, the hero of this film says, <laughs> I can't swim. And he says, yeah. you'll figure it out. They jump into water. A plane flies overhead and drops a dinghy for Bond and Domino. Kutzer, meanwhile, is flailing in the water. <laughs> and then they get skyhooked to safety in a way, by the way, that looks like it would kill them both instantly. Yeah. And Kutzer's in a water with dead bodies and sharks. Got sharks. <laughs> He's just saved the world. I think that, that might that might rate alongside when Roger... <laughs> Uh, throws uh, pushes the little tie boy into the water yes. in Golden Gunners the most ungrateful Bond's ever been for someone who was really helping yeah <laughs> well could say yeah and they get they get dragged into the sky before they can even have Nookie in the raft which is again it is you're ridiculous. breaking the rules of Bond I know, it was, ru- I know it was a thing they probably did because it's I've a real thing about. the skyhook thing yeah, yeah but my god how, how do you hold on to one lady when you're but going it, about 400 miles an hour. It means the film ends and begins with a piece of real tech mm. that looks shit. Mm. The jetpack looks like you're dangling a little man. Yeah. That looks like you're dangling a little man. And they're both things that are real. Yeah. Um, it, I think it is incredibly hampered by realism, this film. Mm. Because they use things like real technology, real realistic gadgets. It's about a real thing like real nuclear bombers, Vulcan bombers. It's completely hampered by not having... Firefox in it. It yeah. doesn't have anything preposterous that doesn't exist. And what's great is that the next film, even though it has huge flaws in it, is mm. going to have a volcano base and monorails yes. and and a rockets that eat other rockets. And you feel this feels like a misstep between Goldfinger and You Only Live Twice. Mm. And the reason I never watched it as a kid, and I don't watch it very often now, is that why would you need it? It's so honest. The yeah. natural successor to Goldfinger is You Only Live Twice for all its flaws. Mm. It's the next biggest thing. Yes, um, and this feels just so much smaller. Yes, I couldn't agree more, and I, I defend it a lot. I think the first two acts are solid, and then it just falls down the stairs. Yeah, uh, I, I overcranked, so it goes down the stairs <laughs> really four hundred miles an hour with a telephone round its neck. Yeah. <laughs> right, Joel, I'm going to ask yes. you some questions now. Go. What's your favourite Bond film? Uh, I don't normally say this, but I'd say, I'm going to say Goldfinger. But mm. I'm going to say Goldfinger. It's really obvious. But because of watching Thunderball, yes. Thunderball reminded me that everything I like about Bond is in Goldfinger, and it reminded me how early and how well Goldfinger did it. It's only film three, mm. uh, and you compare it to From Russia With Love, which is a film I adore, mm. and that's a straight spy movie. Yes. Doctor Knows is a pretty good, fantastic straight spy movie. Goldfinger's from another world. It's, it's mm. a Looney Tunes. It's, a, it's got the logic of Tex Avery. It's just st- no one had thought of doing that. And then what's interesting is the one they do afterwards. They go, we'll do another one of those James Bond films. And you want to go, no, you've changed the rules. Mm. Everything's in the shadow of Goldfinger. My other favourite enjoyable Bond movies that I just love are things like Moonraker and things, which is just Goldfinger 3, Goldfinger 4. They're all sequels to Goldfinger. And yeah, the fair thing is to say, what's the A New Hope of Bond? And it's probably Goldfinger. Yeah, What's the one you're always ripping off? Yeah. Mm. It's boring, but it's fucking true. And the worst one? (laughs) Uh... Spectre, I think. Yeah. I really... What annoys me most about it is I enjoyed it at the cinema because mm. going to the cinema to see Bond is fun. And I was already a little bit, oh, by about a couple of hours later. And then mm. I watched it again on TV and thought, Quantum Solace stands up way better than that. And yeah. Moonrake, I'm not a big man with a Golden Gun fan, really, but that stands mm. up better. 
there's a lot of slightly dodgy ones. Even the late Rogers, Octopus, he's more fun. Mm. Spectre's worthy and... I've said this before, there aren't enough people in it. No, so it has dry. no bystanders. Mm. Bond needs to drive through markets spilling chickens. <laughs> and everything's a stunt. It looks like a video game. Um, and I have no problem with Craig, and I have no problem with lots of the ideas in it. But it's just very airless. It opens so well with the biggest crowd in the whole world. Mm. And they've used up every bystander in that opening sequence. Mm. And yeah, it's just a weird film to watch. Very sterile. Yeah. Uh, can you give me your Bond made up film title? Well, I thought I had to think about this. I thought they keep running out of them. They have to keep using things like the names of boats that Ian Fleming had. Mm. They keep looking at the old books, trying to pull out things that used that, the name of his autobiography or his family motto. And I've decided the next Bond film is going to be called Published by Penguin Books. <laughs> and they'll say, why? Why is it called Published by Penguin Books? They say, because that's that's what's written in the front of all the books. It's mm-hmm. a very Ian Fleming. You wouldn't get it unless you're a real Fleming head. No. Or, or they could call the film The 007 Logo and Gun Barrel is Copyright Dan Jack Limited. Because <laughs> that's classic. All Bond, film, Bond, Bond, Bond fans know that. That's a little reference for the real heads. Mm. I think I should start using the copyright line. Yes. <laughs> no, I'd love that. <laughs> James Bond. James Bond will return in The 007 Logo and Gun Barrel is Copyright Dan Jack Limited. I want to see that on the team. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, and also, the baddies should be called that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how they explain it. Or they can say, Bond, this mission is called, and then just, that's that's why it's done that. You expect me to talk? The Bond barrel is licensed to John Jack Limited? No, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I expect you to follow copyright protocol. <laughs> uh, Bond is full of silly lady names, such as Holly Goodhead, Plenty O'Toole, and Plenty P. Smallbone. Give me your best Bond lady name. Ophelia Tits. <laughs> I'm not proud, I just said that. I'm not proud. I just can't believe she's not already canon. No, I can't believe that either. Although that would be in a canon film, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's from when um, Lewis Collins played Bond, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, directed by Michael Winner. Yeah. Uh, you are, you'd like this question you are Q sorry about that but what gadgets would you have made for Bond in this film if you had your way some gadgets um, yeah, some. No. Do, do you know what he should have I thought oh. about it a long time mm. he should have an underwater Aston Martin mm-hmm. because the Aston Martin's in it yeah. and the film's underwater yeah. so I thought about loads of other things so, no no what's missing is you want to see the Lotus mm-hmm. early I want, yeah. If this is the underwater Bond film, hmm. he needs an underwater vehicle. Because hmm. he hasn't got one, because the baddies have got an underwater vehicle. And if he's got an underwater vehicle, it's an underwater Aston Martin. And then I sat literally for five minutes dreaming about the corky toy of the underwater Aston Martin yeah. and how much I want it. I was thinking about that when we were talking about the underwater sequence. I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if the Aston Martin just piled through them all? Yeah, that's what you want to see. That's what you depth do. Charge. And again, the fact it doesn't have an underwater Aston Martin tells you why it's not a worthy sequel to Goldfinger. Yeah. What would you do with the Aston Martin in the underwater one? It would be a submarine. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm. Much better. And finally, who would you have as James Bond next? Mike Wozniak. Right. Okay. Well, actually, no, I too would sense it. Mike Wozniak, I think, would be brilliant. I'd like to see a geography teacher, a sort of irascible geography teacher Bond. That'd be very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one, and this, this this has far bigger repercussions for the Bond franchise and for one other franchise, mm. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I want to see Muppet James Bond yeah, because yeah. it would be a return to the Muppets doing big franchise movies. Mm. I want to. I don't want Muppet films about how sad they are, how sad it is to be a Muppet. I want Kermit the Frog to be Bond. Can I just say to you one thing? Um, Statler and Mordorf as M and M. Oh, yeah. perfect. You start casting it immediately, yeah. don't you? And it's just yeah. brilliant. Mm. Bunsen Honeydew as Q. It's, yeah. it's just good. Yeah. So the Muppet Be testing out all the gadgets and going on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. But it would. All, but can I just say it's also got Mike Wozniak in it as well? Because I think course. it'd be great. You need a human great. element in there. Yeah, Otherwise, it's stupid. Yeah. Mike's, I'm not firing Mike because I'm making the Muppet James Bond, but I want yeah. Mike to be in a Bond film yeah, <laughs> to sure. be good. Sure. No, he'd be good as the baddie, like with an eye patch. Oh, it'd be amazing. Mm. Yeah, think of him. Should um, be in the real Michael Bond Kane films. has to be in there somewhere, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Right, well, Joel Morris, thank you so much for going underwater with me for a long time <laughs> and Holding losing my the breath. will to live. <laughs> 
Yeah. I like doing it. And it made, it made me appreciate the films either side of it. I think mm. sometimes you need to look occasionally at ones that don't work for you to appreciate the ones that do work. I sat and watched all the Star Wars films with my kid recently. And oh. my God, the bad ones, if you watch them all in a row, really make you appreciate how good and how much fun the good ones are. Yes. No, absolutely. It's funny how it's kind of counterweighted now because the prequels are pretty bad. Yeah. Then you get the balance of the, new, the original trilogy and then the tr- sequel trilogy then drags you down again. I quite like, I quite, I'm, I'm not like you, I quite like the sequels, but I think it's interesting watching when it doesn't work. I think with one of the things that people think about franchise, dumb popcorn cinema, hmm. is that it's really easy. And I always say, well, why is, why is there only one good film in some of these franchises? If it was really easy, if it was a formula, if it really was a formula, they'd all be good. And they're not because the formula is quite magical and when they get it right or get it wrong it's very easy to get it very and copying it again isn't what you want either because no. people get bored with that so the great thing Bond is an absolute factory franchise mm. watch them and realise when you're bored that's quite interesting because you should always be excited it's about a spy who does impossible things mm. every minute of Thunderball should be thrilling the fact that it isn't tells you what's so amazing about Goldfinger and Goldeneye and whichever ones you really like it's yes. great it's, it's, it's an object lesson in how this isn't an easy franchise to make. Otherwise, there'd be 25 Rage of the Lost Ark films, mm. all as good as the first one. The fact that they're quite hard to make, I find, um, makes the great ones seem, seem even more magical. Well, I can't think of a better way to end <laughs> this podcast than that. Thank you, Joel Morris. That was a pleasure. Cheers. Bye. Hello, I'm Tom, and I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is. Oh, thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What a great podcast. Shappy Sunday, you're too kind. The podcast is but called... It's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends? GreatBigOwl.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 